This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and the show brings that to you from ADL's headquarters in New York. If there were ever a front line, it is Israel in the wake of the barbaric atrocities committed by the Hamas terrorist group on October 7th. Since that day, I have devoted this podcast to lifting up voices from Israel. I've now released seven great podcasts, which I hope you have all heard. In the wake of that terrible day, ADL has pivoted not only to respond to the act, but also to the wave of anti-Semitic incidents that followed. My new season of From the Frontlines will focus on ADL's response, beginning with the just-launched Not on My Campus campaign to combat anti-Semitism on campus. Here to provide all of the details is my colleague and friend, Shira Goodman. She is ADL's Senior Director of Advocacy. Welcome, Shira, too, from the front lines. Thanks for having me, Scott. It's great to be back uh, on the podcast. So, Shira, let's start with the problem we are responding to. What kind of spike in numbers of anti-Semitic incidents are we seeing on campus? It's really actually been very troubling, Scott. Since October 7th, we have taken and interacted at ADL more than 500 incidents on campus. For comparison, during the same time period a year ago, we were talking about 42 incidents. So we are seeing incidents of harassment, vandalism, even assault on our colleges and universities. We put a survey out in the field after October 7th, a, a survey we do every year alongside Hillel, um, to go back and, and see what anti-Semitism was like on campus, how students were doing. And the results there were shocking too. Um, more than 73% of students had witnessed or experienced anti-Semitism since the beginning of the fall semester. In prior years, we'd learned that that kind of number had experienced anti-Semitism during their entire career. So 70% during their entire career had witnessed or experienced anti-Semitism. That number, more than that number, was saying they had experienced it since the beginning of the fall semester. A plurality of students were saying they didn't feel physically safe and even fewer were feeling emotionally safe on campus. Before we get to the special campaign, tell us a bit about how ADL has been responding to anti-Semitism on campus. What are some important tools that they were using before October 7th? ADL has always addressed and monitored and tried to give resources and work with partners on campus because we've known that our campuses are kind of hotbeds where anti-Semitism flares up. So our incident response teams in the regions have been dealing with campus issues for years. That's why we have those comparative numbers. We've had educational programs that have been designed uh, for college campuses. We've done programs for campus leaders, campus security, about the specific concerns, especially kind of in, with our campuses often being free speech zones and the, the principles of academic freedom guiding a lot of what happens on campus. So we've done that work for a long time. We've worked alongside partners like Hillel and Chabad on campus and the Jewish Greek houses to ensure that they have resources um, for their students so that they know how to report incidents of anti-Semitism that they experience on campus and to give them resources so they can be advocates. But um, we've realized that we have to do even more uh, now that we're seeing what's been happening since October 7th. Yeah, and certainly uh, the incident response work that we do, I mean, it's such grassroots work working directly with students on responding to uh, to the incidents they're reporting to us. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, again, it's gone up exponentially. So that means our folks in the 25 regions are taking calls, are, are responding to emails, are talking to students and their families, are talking to those campus partners, are talking to administrators and deans of students on, I'm sure, if not a weekly and daily basis. So that has really exponentially increased. And since October 7th, ADL has had some special responses, not even including this, this new campaign, uh, special letters that we sent, and something called CALL. Uh, what are those initiatives? So, in fact, before October 7th, we worked with a group of campus partners to send a letter to administrations at the start of the semester to offer them methods and ways to respond to anti-Semitism on campus as part of our work to support the national strategy to combat anti-Semitism that the Biden administration had unveiled. So that strategy, which was unveiled in May, had, had recommendations for cities and states and um, civil rights groups and universities and businesses. And so we joined with our campus partners to say, here are some things you can do to ensure that your, your students um, are safe on campus. As soon as October 7th happened, I think as soon as October 8th, we revised that letter um, and, and put out some calls for action right away from universities. We knew that we would see the spike that we ultimately saw, and we wanted universities to be prepared. And at that point, we were focusing kind of on issues of safety, security, and solidarity. And also uh, the call initiative. Uh, what is that? So that's the Campus Anti-Semitism Legal Line, and that is a legal helpline that ADL and other partners like the Brandeis Center and pro bono law firms have stood up about a month into the war where students can call or text in if they believe they have experienced anti-Semitism or harassment or are experiencing a hostile environment on campus and get advice and guidance and talk to lawyers about whether they have uh, a legal claim under Title VI or otherwise. And maybe even go to, to filing um, those kinds of complaints and lawsuits. So it's a little different than our regular incident response. This is a, a more legal oriented process, but we have gotten just in the, in the two or so months that it's been um, up and running, hundreds of calls from campuses all across the country from students and their families who are seeking legal advice and, and even representation um, because of things that are happening on campus. Okay, so you just laid out a very serious problem on campuses, and uh, we talked about all kinds of ways that ADL has been responding, both before 10-7 and since 10-7, but something's missing. Something was missing from the equation. What what was that? And, you know, I'm assuming this is going to lead us to the Not On My Campus campaign. I think what was missing from ADL's perspective was a unifying narrative about what we wanted to see campuses do and how we wanted to achieve that and how we wanted to help empower students and parents and grandparents and alumni who were kind of clamoring about this issue, looking for resources, looking for help. And so we thought about pooling all of our information and resources and the levers that ADL can and knows how to pull together into a campaign that we're calling Not On My Campus, No Tolerance for Anti-Semitism. Okay, so tell us about this new comprehensive response. What is the Not On My Campus campaign in a nutshell? So there's two main parts. The first is, as I said, to empower students, parents, alumni, those stakeholders to be able to take action, to call for action by their universities, to make their campuses safer, 
to make them commit and take action steps towards really meaning no tolerance for anti-Semitism on campus. The second is a set of asks and resources for college administrations to make no tolerance a reality. So there's a set of six asks that have to do with policies and procedures that we believe will help universities reduce anti-Semitism and anti-Semitic incidents on campus, as well as some sample code of conduct language to deal with some of the problems and the tensions that we hear about some of um, some of the anti-Semitism sometimes coming in the form of what would normally be protected speech, but which is also actionable on college campuses under Title VI. So let's unpack those two major pieces. When you when you talk about empowering, what suggestions are we making? So we've seen and heard from especially parents and alumni that they want ways to contact their universities. They want to know what to ask of their universities. When universities come asking for money, they want to be able to share their concerns about anti-Semitism on campus. So we've created some toolkits, some sample letters, some sample uh, letters to the editor and op-eds and ways that folks can kind of voice their opinions in a strategic way. They can engage their, their colleagues and their neighbors and friends and fellow alumni to put some pressure on their universities and to talk about this in lots of different fora. So we were seeing alumni sending letters to universities, but without necessarily clear asks of what they wanted, just, you know, make it better. And so we want to give them the tools, what we think is a pathway with some real clear action steps and not just have ADL talking about it, but having the other stakeholders in universities, the parents who send their students, the alumni who make donations and have a lot of pride in their universities, the students themselves. So giving them those tools and resources. And then the second part was really not so much about the parents and, and alumni, but about the universities themselves, how they're held accountable. What does that entail? What are those six key recommendations and, and how does that play out? So they have to do with different policies and procedures. Have you defined anti-Semitism uh, anywhere in your code of conduct, in your work on um, diversity, equity, and inclusion training? And how have you defined it? You can't deal with a problem unless you've given it a name. Are you including the Jewish experience, anti-Semitism, in your trainings for students, faculty, staff about diversity, equity, inclusion? Is it clear how a student or somebody else, a faculty member or staff member, would complain about perceived uh, anti-Semitism or hostile environment or harassment? Are those processes clear? Are your people trained to deal with those complaints? What are you doing about security and enforcing um, rules and codes of conduct about how protests, how and when and where protests are conducted. Uh, what are you doing if classes are disrupted? Are you equitably enforcing those rules against any group? The, if you require uh, a permit to, to stage a protest or a rally on the quad, are those rules being enforced the same depending on who's uh, requesting that permit? So it's really looking at processes and, and procedures that universities can implement and, and saying, do you have these? Have you taken these steps? And one of the things we saw at the congressional hearing was presidents saying, our codes of conduct don't address this. And we've worked with, with lawyers and others to find ways to say, this is the kind of language you could have to ensure that even protected speech that rises to the level of harassment that creates a hostile environment based on protected characteristics 
Even that kind of speech can be actionable under your code of conduct, and in fact is actionable under Title VI. And if your code doesn't deal with it, here's some sample language that you should think about implementing. We've talked about a lot related to this campaign, but there is one tool that has gotten a great deal of attention. It's not so much the the tool for uh, for universities; it's a, it's a tool for uh, for parents and students to use, and that's the report card. Uh, tell us what that report card is. ADL announced earlier this year that for the first time we are going to do an assessment and evaluation of universities and colleges to assess the state of anti-Semitism on campus and how universities are responding. And we're going to do it in the form of an annual report card with some kind of grading system. And we have we've sent out surveys to about 90 universities based on their Jewish populations and their percentage of Jewish populations. Our researchers at the Center on Anti-Semitism Research at ADL are doing the methodology there. So I'll talk to it the best I can. But the goal is to really measure the progress and the action steps that universities are taking, show who's making progress, show who needs work, and use it, give this as one of the tools that students and parents can use as they're making those important decisions about where to go to school. Uh, you mentioned 90 universities have been the focus of this campaign. Why those universities? Uh, every year, Hillel puts out a, a guide um, to Jewish life on campus for the campuses that have uh, the highest percentage of Jewish students. So we looked at that as a source. We've also looked at U.S. News and World Report. We've wanted to get a mix of public and private universities um, based on, on places where where Jewish students are choosing to go to school. And we wanted to make sure that it was manageable and start with a sizable sample that we could do deep research on. So we should probably be clear the the report card assesses the school's experience with incidents on campus and their track record in responding to those incidents. It is not necessarily a comprehensive way to know how good an experience, Jewish or otherwise, a Jewish student will have on campus, correct? That's part of it, yes. So we're not going to reproduce um, the kind of guides that Hillel does. That, that is a really useful tool as, as Jewish students and their families are looking at uh, comparing schools about where they want to go. It talks about the different um, institutions on campus, Hillel, Chabad on campus, uh, whether there's kosher food available, study abroad programs, lots of things. We're not going to replicate that, although um, we are going to, to reference some of that information. Um, and it's not just going to be about historic incidents or just about what's happened since 10-7, but we are going to see, we're going to use those six asks and see where universities have um, done some of those things uh, or in progress towards doing some of those things. And we are going to use data about incidents and we're going to look at a full picture of what, what it looks like to get to a place of no tolerance for anti-Semitism. This is the living document, which means that if, let's play this out, a university gets some negative news that uh, ADL is concerned about anti-Semitism on their campus and they respond to it quickly, which hopefully they will, you will change that document. That's what we want to do. We want to um, incentivize and erase the top. We want to model and highlight the universities that are getting it right. We want to encourage the universities that need to make progress to make that progress. So one of the things that we're trying to build into the system is that we don't have to wait a year 
to give you a new grade to update something you've done. If you take action over the summer, if you take action at the beginning of the fall semester, something you told us was in progress is in progress. We want that reflected. Is this idea controversial? I mean, it sounds very novel. People have done report cards for all kinds of things um, for years, and they're always controversial because stakeholders at universities worry about how they will be perceived. Will, will factors be used that they can't control? What will it look like? How will it impact what students do? I want to be very clear. When I'm asked, as I'm sure you're asked, you know, where should I send my kid? Where shouldn't I send my kid? My answer is always that there are many schools that are right for your student. You should still be looking at all those schools. And if you're worried about anti-Semitism on campus, here are a bunch of questions that you should ask. You should go talk to folks, both the uh, professionals and the students at Hillel and Chabad on campus. You should talk to students who seem like your student and make the right decision for them. So there's nowhere that I would say, do not go. And I don't think our tool will be used in a way to say, do not go here either. It shouldn't be. It should be used as part of an assessment that families are doing. We're hearing people wanting this information, wanting to understand what's happening. This is like a look behind the headlines to show where universities and colleges are taking steps to address this problem. Of course, universities need to be cooperative. This this is not the kind of thing where we're uh, simply going to assess from the outside. We're, we're looking to the universities to supply data. Do we believe that they'll be cooperative? We've, we've sent a short questionnaire to universities. We are going to do our own research to get that data as well. We'd obviously prefer to get it from the university and to be able to confirm that. And we'll give universities multiple opportunities to do that, to confirm that we have the right information. I think that many will respond and some may want wait and see what the product looks like. Um, but I hope that uh, they will know that this is being done in the spirit of wanting to serve our community and wanting to, again, incentivize, encourage, highlight uh, good action steps that have been taken and and work towards ultimately a shared goal of having um, safe and welcoming campuses. So let's define what we're talking about here. What would be a good response by an administration to an anti-Semitic incident? First of all, we want to make sure that a student knows how to, to file a complaint about an anti-Semitic incident, that the person who's doing that intake is um, receptive, is understanding, isn't kind of hiding behind a First Amendment defense, but is really looking into it, like what has really happened here, is giving the student resources, and that even if uh, they find that it's not actionable because it was speech, it didn't rise to a certain level of hostile environment, that a university can use the power of its own speech to combat bad speech, can to say this doesn't stand for our values, can look at doing some counseling, can look at holding uh, forums with students to, to say what they stand for and to support. So ideally, if there is an anti-Semitic incident that violates codes of conduct that uh, rises to the level of creating a hostile environment, that should come with consequences. What those are, I'm not an expert in, in university codes of conduct, but if, if something does violate those codes, they should be enforced. Tell us a little bit about ADL's Center for Anti-Semitism Research. Uh, they are the, uh, the entity behind this that's really designing the, the whole process. They are social sciences, PhDs, data scientists, and they are really trying to create a process and a methodology that takes good data, finds ways to use both 
qualitative and quantitative analysis to, to do fair comparisons, to look at these criteria that we have, to figure out how to weight them, and to come out with a, a good product that, that we can be proud of, that, that is data-driven and that makes sense and that is useful. And so in addition to them using their own expertise, they will be consulting with experts from uh, the field, from academics, from other social sciences to, to say, does this methodology make sense? Does this look right? Does the way we're weighting different criteria work? It's not my bailiwick or expertise, and so I defer to them, but they're they're using all the regular processes of research that they would use for this project, that they would use for any project. So making sure they're talking to peers, making sure they're choosing their sample size in a way that makes sense and it isn't just uh, people like me saying, well, that school seems to have a lot of Jewish students. Why aren't they on here? And they're they're using the actual numbers. They're 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 making sense of who they're choosing for this first round. And I think we're going to come out with a product that again is based on data that gives a picture of what's happening on campus and is is shows uh, how universities are making are taking steps, whether they're taking steps and what steps they're taking to address this problem. It's now been a few days since the campaign was launched. What has been the response from from all different uh, constituencies? So I think parents are particularly excited to have some of these tools. I think alumni want ways uh, and questions and and thoughtful um, action steps to, to 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 make demands of their universities when universities come to them for their annual fundraising. I think some of the universities uh, have been really receptive, um, are excited to show what they're doing, are. Uh, pleased to have a bit of a roadmap to this no tolerance. And I think some other folks are worried. What will this look like? Will this have a negative impact on my institution? What will this mean? Will they get it right? Will they get a real picture? And so we're trying to to listen to those voices and to, to bring in uh, a lot of feedback um, from our partners, from universities, from partners on campus to, to make sure that we do get it right. And in terms of the campaign itself, I think it's been a welcome area. Like we have this activation hub on the website, notoleranceforantisemitism.adl.org, just that a place where a lot of resources are gathered. There's a lot of data. There's a lot of information. And there's ways to take action fairly easily. And so for busy people who are concerned, it's it's just it helps put a layer of organization over that concern and a way they can direct those concerns in a productive way. You mentioned our partners on campus. Uh, tell us a bit about where they fit into the mix. We do a lot of educational programs and work with Hillel, with Chabad on campus, with uh, the, the Jewish Greek houses like AAPI and AAPI and SDT and ZBT since October 7th and, and even before doing educational programs for them, doing some advocacy trainings with them, continuing to, if there are incidents on campus, working with them to support their students. Many of them will be speaking on panels at our upcoming conference, Never Is Now. We're trying to keep them looped in on both the campaign and the report card and get their feedback and, and use that feedback to make it all better. And what's the timetable for this initiative? When can parents and students expect to receive their report card? We hope to go live in mid-April around the time that students will be being asked to make their decisions uh, and their commitments to college campuses. And you mentioned a URL. I just want to make sure everybody gets that, uh, a way that people can find out more about this important campaign. It's no tolerance for antisemitism.adl.org. 
Okay, I will put a link to that in the show notes. Before we conclude, tell us what's next. I know that there are something like 4,000 colleges and universities in this country, and and Hillel, I believe, is on about 550 campuses, so there, there are many more. There are many more. Like I said, this is the first time ADL is doing it. We want to get it right. We're listening to the data people on how to do it. They will tell us what their methodology ultimately needs, if they need to add more, if they feel like they need a, a better sample, a well-rounded sample, they feel like they've, they've missed something. Um, and then as we learn from this first iteration, we will probably do more next year. Parents, like I said, can go on the hub right now and download letters, download templates, use our, our talking points to write letters to the editor or letters to the university presidents about the six asks. They can encourage their universities to participate in the survey. And we continue to have actions uh, at the federal level that people can take. We have a, a live action right now asking for more funding for the Department of Education's Office of Civil Rights, which is the one that um, would file Title VI complaints against universities. And there's also a Senate bill that would require universities to more publicly uh, post what students' rights are and how they can file complaints too. So those are both on our website, um, activations if you want to write to Congress, and they'll be seeing more from us uh, in the coming months leading up to the release of the report card. And we're continuing to do events, uh, both our CEO, Jonathan Greenblatt, and our regional directors and other staff are continuing to work with university partners and, and do educational events and, and try to um, address this problem of anti-Semitism on campus. All right, what's your ultimate goal with this? Or, or asked another way, if all goes perfectly with all of these different initiatives, what what does the path look like? We want to re simply put, reduce anti-Semitism on campus, make our campuses safe, welcoming places for all students, faculty, and staff. Um, we, they were never places without anti-Semitism, but the levels that we're seeing are just unacceptable. We want our students to be able to go, to be proud to be Jewish, to exercise um, and experience their Judaism how they wish. We don't want anybody to be afraid. We don't want them to be self-censored, feel like they can't talk to friends or colleagues about Judaism or about Israel. We want them to go have the college experience that they uh, anticipated when when they first got that acceptance letter. That is a great note to end on. Uh, Shira, this is a bold new initiative on the part of ADL at a moment of surging anti-Semitism on campus. Thank you for all the hard work you've done to put this in place. And thank you for being on today's From the Frontlines. Well, thank you for having me. I love listening to the podcast and looking forward to who you have next. Okay, thanks. And thanks also to you, the listeners who tuned into this From the Frontlines podcast. If you are not already a subscriber, Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on X, Threads, and Instagram. My X handle is at Scott A. Richmond. My Instagram and Threads handle is at Scott underscore ADL. And our hashtag is fighting hate. We're good.